You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Wafia. Not everyone can infuse pop music with a sense of urgency and poignancy, but Wafia makes it seem easy. Born in Holland and now a native to Australia, her music has reached the ears of music lovers worldwide. Her music bangs, but it's the unmistakable honesty within her voice that leaves you truly transfixed. Her latest EP, Eight, highlights this, especially the tune Bodies, which reflects on the experiences of her family from Syria dealing with the current refugee crisis. It's a true privilege to bring this talk to you. I can't wait for you to hear it. You're going to love it. This is the 405 Exchange with Wafia. Enjoy. So, no joke, we have the same birthday. What? Yeah, August 4th. Nice! Yeah, I was reading about you as like, same birthday, fucking so Leo's, right? So Barack Obama. Yes. And so does Louis Vuitton, the creator of Louis Vuitton, of Louis Vuitton. We just named four great people, those two and us. So like, yeah. Obviously, this could be amazing. <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me that your life has spanned so much as it has so far. I mean, you were born in Holland, and now you're based in Australia. And mm-hmm. something that I love about that, when I get to talk to people who've been through so many different places, is that the element of home ends up meaning differently for so many different ways. Yes. What does home mean for you? Uh, people. Those I don't are... place importance on location as much anymore. Really? Yeah. For me, it's like if my family moved from Brisbane, then I probably wouldn't go to Brisbane except for like to do shows. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's people. That's interesting. And like how long have you been in Australia? Ten-ish years, I want to say. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, like, it's edit- been the people there, like whenever you go back, it just must feel like very, um, like having that as a base. Like I'm familiar with like what Australia is like, but has it been for you the last couple of years with um, being a musician? Well, a lot of my friends from Brisbane have moved away now. Really? So, yeah, so like really the, I only have like one friend in Brisbane and then my family and then that's it. Because yeah. like my other friends are like musicians and like some of them live in London or Sydney now and I just like, I don't really see the point of, I guess, moving out right now. Like I really like, being home and being really present for that when I'm there as opposed to like running out of place in Brisbane or Melbourne like I just don't see myself needing that. It's funny I had a friend who was visiting from Brisbane recently my friend Amy and she was telling me how like with her and her friends who work in like design and film they feel like they're almost fighting the good fight because everyone moves to either Sydney or Melbourne. Yeah fair I feel that yeah it's important to stay like it's also great if you can go away somewhere, like learn the trade or learn what you're doing and then come back and create a community in where you're from. Yeah. I feel like there's something special about that, like even if you do need to move away, but coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things I've been dying to ask you when I was like reading up on you and I listened to your music, when did music start for you? Like how did music come into your life? Um, I always sang, like it was never, uh, I never really stopped um, and it was the way I made friends and like choirs and stuff like that when I moved around but it wasn't until like second year of college for me that I started like writing my own songs and pursuing it like I just didn't think to actively um, study it or anything like that there's really no I really enjoyed feeling music and even to this day like I like learning things in the process of making music as opposed to going somewhere and just exclusively learning stuff about it 
Yeah. If that makes sense? No, it does. Yeah. I'm curious, within that time, did it feel like it was a pursuit you were conscious of, or were you just kind of like following your heart? I thought if it was following my heart, and it wasn't until like end of third year of college that I was like, I was forced with like a decision decision of should I go and set my my med entry exam or not, and oh. I like broached the idea to my parents whether I, I should, or particularly my father first, and he was like, I think you should do music. Wow. I think we're okay with that. And he's like, and I'll help you break the news tomorrow. That's, I mean, you. for people listening, I'm having a face of pure, <laughs> being purely perplexed, because it's just so rare to hear a story like that. That's yeah, amazing. especially like, I don't know, my parents had a very like, I guess not conservative upbringing, but like, they grew up in the Middle East. And seeing their like eldest daughter go into music might have been scary, but I think like I just I worked at it really hard. Like I was playing like weddings, I was cafe gigs, everything like three show, three four shows a week, um, just to be able to like even though I lived at home, there was no cost there thankfully. Um, but like I wanted to pay for my own record, yeah. and I wanted to like I was flying to Melbourne when I had days off and just. Like I chose a producer I wanted to work with, and I would just fly there and use his studio for like every weekend. Yeah. And I paid for that myself. And I was like, I want to have complete creative control before I take this and show this to anyone. England is a place I call home, and a word that we have in England is uh, graft, graft, or grafting. People say it either or, but like, uh, it essentially means hard work. And I think it applies here in this sense, where it's like. I think some people might see that aspect of being a musician in like a glamorous sense, but with everything you just described, it's that aspect of like tra- like transcending a past idea of vocation and treating it like work. Yeah. And that's probably what your parents responded to when they were like, wow, she's like working. Yes, exactly. And it wasn't like, my parents always had like their concerns, obviously, with music, but especially like, more so my mom, because her like idea of like success or anything is security, like financial security. She just didn't want to see me um, struggle, yeah. I guess. And just like, she's like, oh, but you know, with medicine, you could literally do that forever. Yeah. And um, you're not going to ever be short of money or putting food on the table. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I'd rather do four years of behind the scenes work on trying to make music. Get music. Right? Um, or should I like, uh, <laughs> or should I like just do music? Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if that made sense. But um, yeah, I, I just really couldn't see myself doing anything else. And it wasn't until like my songs are in like TV, Australian TV shows and like um, a Zach Braff film, actually. Oh, really? Zach Braff film? Yeah, I was like, wish I was, wish you were here. It was that, oh, yeah. that one, yeah. So that's. That's been trippy as well. Yeah. Because, like, I I just, that was when my mom was like, okay, you can make money from this. This is a real thing. That part of my concern isn't, like, just isn't a problem anymore. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was really cool. Exactly. That's pretty good. You know, I'm always curious about contrasts and shifts in uh, people's lives. Because I think what's amazing about a life is that essentially it's a story. And there's a lot of things that correlate to one another. Um, for example, it's one thing to make music. But it's a completely different thing to put out in the world. Yes. And you were, yes. Yeah. And you were talking about you know doing all this like going like playing coffee gigs and flying around and playing music and having a music on film. When did you realize you wanted people to not just hear your music but to react to it? Because music is a sense of reaction. 
That's a really good question. I guess when I wanted to like release my own stuff, yeah. because when you re- like when I was releasing covers on and stuff online on Tumblr.com, yeah. um, good old Tumblr. I, I guess I I just put it up because it was like my weekly thing that I would like do for myself to encourage me to keep playing guitar, yeah. and I would put it up online just as like. So someone other than myself can keep tabs on me, you know, like, oh, like, you didn't release the covers, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, I should definitely do that, let me do that right now, you know, and it was my way of doing that, but I would say that, I guess when I wanted to release my own music, I went through a period of trying to find myself and, like, what my point of view as an artist is, and I realised my point of view as an artist is in line with my point of view as a person, and I don't really need to go out and, like, I just need to find the confidence in myself to, to to speak that and I guess like it wasn't until maybe heartburn that I think I wanted people to react and I wanted to see it because that's when I started like putting together my own shows and stuff like that and I wanted to see yeah I think the live aspect is when I want to see people's reactions. It's really wicked you asked that because that was going to be the next thing I was going to bring up the element mm-hmm. of playing live because I'm so curious, like, what was it like then for you to take on performing, and how did you find performing when you first started doing it, like when it became part of your life? Um, it became part of my life, yeah, 2016, I was doing it a lot, and I talked with Taku yeah. a lot, and like it was the first time I'd come to New York, actually. New York. I don't know why, but I always find myself in New York when I'm releasing a new song. Um, and it happened with Heartburn. And it happened with eight, with 83 days. And I don't know. I guess at that point, that's when I was like, oh wow, I'm really doing it. Like I get to like, I get to tour and I get to make money-ish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, it's yeah. That was really. I think that's. Um, yeah. And you know, the way I came across your music, speaking of Taku, was when you did that color session with him. Oh, yeah. And uh, you were performing Meet Me in the Meadow. Mm-hmm. Taku strikes me as someone who's like, like he's some, he strikes me as the type of person, as an artist, he's like the type of person you'd want to be around in terms that he just seems to get what you're about. Yeah. And like he totally seems to understand the, like the aim you're going for with your craft. I wonder, what's it been like to write and perform with him? Because I imagine that's a really great creative relationship to It's like doing it with your best friend and your brother. Like, he just, he gets it. He's a lot of, like, fun, even when we're not, like, on camera or on stage or whatever. It's always just fun with him. And he showed me, like, how important it is to, like, make sure you pick good people around you, like, even in terms of, like, touring and all of that. And on the last tour we did together... The last few tours after he got married, his wife came with us. And just like seeing how important it is for those personal relationships, like it is possible to have a, like personal relationships and do music. Because in my head, I was like, oh, well, I have to sacrifice love, family, all of these things because I'm away all the time. But like he would always make time to call his mom, to call his sisters. And I know to me that was like, I wanted to aspire to be as balanced as he is and to have those boundaries and say, no, like the next hour I need to call and catch up with family and I can still come back and do my job. And I think it's very important to point out too, even though we're talking about like music and creativity, I think this is something that could definitely relate to people in other professions that like that element of like having a, like 
it's all cliche, but that work-life balance mm -hmm. element. So having taco in your life in that sense, that's quite mega. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, talk to me about your tuned bodies because I was left quite stunned by how you're able to marry. I think this is like a big element of your music. It's really why I was keen to get to talk to you. Is the fact that you have this ability to marry very poignant sentiments with your lyrics, but still make a tune bop and still make it danceable and fun. Like, Thank you. and I think bodies is a really great example of that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I guess like if it wasn't, I only can ever speak from a place that is my own, and in that particular, like that felt like my story to tell. Like, I couldn't sit here and tell you what it's like to be theirs, but I can sit here and be like, okay, I live in the Western world and I see how, like, the media portrays these Syrian refugees and, and people in Syria as a whole. And before that, it was Iraq. And before that, it was someone else. And I guess I wanted to make a song just not, like, alienating them, but also not alienating the subject from the people listening. Yeah. I'm not trying to be, like, a pseudo-intellectual about it or sit here and be like this is like or even talk the politics about it for me it's just about like humanity and the people and yeah. it's like the, at the very least if you can't do anything for them because that is difficult but you can at the very least um not see them as aliens no exactly and um to those listening uh you wrote a song about the day your family members were denied refugee status into australia mm -hmm. and i hope it's not too insensitive for me to ask but can you just walk me through that feeling of just like going through something like that? Well, honestly, I just saw my mom go through it more than anything because she had put in like prior to like prior to even applying, like things in Syria were unstable, and she wanted to go see her mother, who was like um, my grandmother had cancer at the time, and she ended up passing away from it, and it really hurt my mother to not be able to go into the country and 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 visit her mother and then and so then my mom was like she became very obsessed with trying to get her family over because it's the only way she could have seen them and done anything about what they're going through so for two years it was just applications and applications and emails back and forth and letters and didn't like only knows only knows for two years and then they'd be like wait six months okay so mum hits them back six months later nothing and it's just like that happened for she applied for every single one of members of her family and she has like six family members there plus their wives and husbands plus their children she did that for so many people and she only got no's and they only they had to hear no's from her you know like she was the messenger and she just felt like she felt, yeah, she felt like shit every time. It's such a weird thing in terms of like, I mean, it, bo it boggles my mind in the last couple of years how there's such a very openly detached way of people in the West, and even like back in home in Europe, kind of like talk about this subject and the various things that apply to it. But it's like what you just described in terms of the applications and just like that, that whole process. It's so bure, bure, like full of bureaucracy and it's so cold and so detached that it's just weird how that people don't understand that these are human beings at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I'm going to ask about other music, but just mm -hmm. considering bodies, uh, considering what I said about the fact that the lyrics are so poignant and hit home, but yet still like bops, I'm curious for you, have you seen that people react to that track, like within a setting, whether it be like 
a mall or a restaurant or a club or something like that? Like, have you seen people, like, have a reaction to that in a physical sense? No, I guess it's only really been uh, at live shows. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's been, like, the song that people get excited about a lot. Whether And, like, I know that maybe... Maybe a lot of the audience don't know what the song is about, and that's okay too because they can still like get into it. But for the ones that do, I can see that on their face, or like it, it's like the girls that kind of look like me, you know? It's like, it, and that to me means the most. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny, I'm not too partial to clubs, but I feel like that song would go well. <laughs> And um, there's two music videos for Bodies, the version you filmed and one comprised of home videos for when you were younger. I wonder, like, for you as an artist, what is it like for you to see that a song, something you created like that, can be conveyed in multiple ways, visually? Um, well, it just felt right because the song was about my family and my time in Syria, so that particular video had, like, pictures of, like, my teta, like, my grandmother, and um, that meant a lot to me and more than anything it meant a lot to my mum like even when that song came out as a whole she was a little bit stunned about how she just never thought that that would be a subject her family would come into like would affect me so much that it would end up in a song yeah. so more than anything like it made her feel heard yeah. and that means more to me than anything else I know this is like a bit random but um, I love history I'm like a big history person and I remember uh, reading about like how in like the late 80s uh, there was like a prominent Russian historian who was here in America, you know, during like when all the Cold War stuff was going on. And he'd go to universities and show people like home movies of when he was a child in Russia. And one of the things that a lot of Americans at the time would comment on is that like if you didn't tell me this was in Russia, I probably wouldn't be able to tell. And I yeah. felt like in regards, I mean this in respectful way, in regards to like the bodies video for home movies. You can't, there's moments where you, it's just like, I love the fact it just shows that these are people living life and it's yeah. like the location aspect, even though it's such a attachment to what it's the story, mm. it could just, there's a universal element as well. Yeah, well, I think it's the universal element is family, being surrounded by them and being together. And being within the moment. Yeah. 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 I, I love that you're able to do that. It's yeah. really massive. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 83 Days is one of those tracks that sticks with you as well. Um, it's such a delicate song, yet it still bounces, and it fully engrosses you. Like, that's something I feel like I got when I was listening to it. And again, like, the lyrics are very poignant. Like, can you walk me through the story behind how that song came together? Yeah, so, I guess I wanted to write it again from a point of view that felt a little bit, like, I guess it, like, from a romantic relationship sense, like, in that, like, someone that you love has gone and that's only really how I've ever really explained it in the past but the song actually is about my father and then my father left us for a little bit and um, it just, it's just that like his shoes weren't in the place that he left them anymore and is like his clothes weren't in the cupboard uh, in the closet and just seeing as well like my mum mourn that loss and us mourn that loss with her and I think that's what 83 days was and it was written on the day it was actually it was written over two days the 82nd and the 83rd day since he'd, he'd gone and it was yeah a difficult thing to write about but felt easier to write about it if I wrote about it through my mother and like, um, yeah but to a lot of people it's a very like it's about a romantic but for me it's about an unconditional love 
But yeah, like something I'm intrigued about, and um, you kind of touched on this already, but I, I hope we could go in a little mm -hmm. bit deeper because you brought up that fact that when you write music, it does come from your own experiences. It has to. I wonder for you as a musician, though, and as the writer, do you ever find yourself surprised that you could take such experiences that, like, I mean, these are experiences that I think many people would associate with pop music, yet it showcases the fact that that doesn't matter in terms of, like, where the experience comes from, that it could still be pulled within that realm. Yeah. Even though that you're able to achieve that, does that ever surprise you that that's able to work? No. Yeah. See, I'm just writing, for me, in the moment, I'm just writing what the song needs to be, where the song needs to go. I don't really think about it, honestly, that much. Maybe I should. But I just like find that just being really like open to whatever the song needs to be and be like, this is what I need to read, write about today because I need to process this feeling and I've been processing it for the, like, the last two weeks and today I need to write it so that I can move on. Good. And so for me, that's what it's really about is just like processing, moving on regardless of how I came across that experience or how this situation or how the song came to be. I need to go through it to be able to write. Yeah. You know, I'm particularly, sh I was particularly left stunned by one of your tracks, well, a lot of your tracks, but one in particular, um, the ending, featuring Phineas, mm -hmm. and he's one of those talents that just blows me away, and, like, just, I mean, so multitasked, like, and versatile, he does so much. How did that tune come together, and, like, it felt like what really left me stunned with that track, apart from just, like, how the track itself is that, like, I feel like as an artist, there is something of being comfortable of working with somebody, yeah. and I feel like your level of comfort is... Kate conveyed beautifully on that track. Thank you. I think that song, it was it was written the day before I left for left LA for Brisbane, and I was really worn out. And I'd come to the studio with like all my bags and everything, my suitcases and all my luggage, and I just said, I sat down. He showed up, and I was like, I'm exhausted. And he's like, Do you just want to go grab food? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> and so we grabbed food for like four hours. And then I looked at the clock and I was like, I really, I really like hanging out with you. And he's like, yeah, but there's no pressure to actually write anything. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But I still feel like I could write with you right now in this moment. And we wrote that song in 30 minutes. No shit. Before, I, before my Uber had to come and, and grab me. And it was just like, it was natural. It was concise and it was to the point. And I was just telling him about this idea how in like, there is this type of like in a lot of music in Middle Eastern music there's like this like sound that people make and it doesn't really have any words to it but a lot of like they start a lot of songs like that like and it sounds and as soon as it, an artist does it like a, an Arab artist you know sorry you know the song is going to be incredibly mournful and I was like there's no English word or English like or like Western equivalent for that sort of sound, yeah. the absolute mournful. And I guess like the closest I could come up with was, oh God, and it just sounds like. But it doesn't do it justice, really. No, even then. But I was just like, I would really like to explore writing a song around that that sort of idea where it's like mournful, and you're almost mourning two people mourning the end of a relationship, and are in the room and in the moment together. And they see everyone else around them, and we painted that picture, and it was just like, yeah, it was just so easy with them. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, before I let you go, I'd love to ask you what you would say has surprised you the most about pursuing music as a career. I mean, we touched upon that in the beginning, but I mean, here you are in New York, and you've been here several times, but like, here you are in New York because of your craft, because of what you do. And your music is transparent and direct, and I wonder if you feel any of that, the way you're able to approach it from such a frank manner. Does that, do you feel correlates with your feeling of being here? Yeah, I feel like I'm super about like, I'm where I need to be because like, I am where I am because it's where I need to be. And I'm really like thankful for all the, all the opportunities that have been presented to me in the course of me making my music. But at the end of the day, all that matters is that I go right in my room or go into, a bed, uh, into my bedroom or any studio and just do the thing that I've been doing this whole time and it's just being honest but exploring within that realm. And I think like that to me is really fulfilling and yeah, I'm just so thankful that I get to do this. Yeah. And yeah. What do you think compels you now? Like what do you think it is that like not necessarily drives you, but like when it comes to like writing, like does it even feel like an option at times? Or? No. It just feels like to me it's exciting because yeah. I've in every time I work with someone new or every time I go in, I wanna try and there's no pressure to quote unquote beat what I've done before, but like it's an excitement to explore something I haven't done before and music to songwriting to me is still so new and exciting and I want to like yeah I just want to explore every avenue of that so every time I get the opportunity or the time to write it's an it's exciting for me because I get to explore that again it's like a allocated time to just have fun yeah it's never a, yeah. Do you like J. Cole by any chance? Yeah. Yeah. There, he, there's an interview that he released recently, uh, just a few days ago, of um, Angie Martinez, a radio legend here in New York. Mm -hmm. And the last interview he did was maybe 2016. So yeah. it's like the first interview in a minute. And I was listening to it yesterday, and what you said just reminded me of it. But he said that he's in a very, he's realized a very interesting trait about him where when it comes to writing, if he doesn't write for like three to four days, he'll feel like physically sick. Like he'll yeah. feel like a part of him isn't being utilized to the point where he doesn't even know if it's him going about his day. Wow, that's really interesting. I don't know if I feel that way. Because I feel like I I need time to just live yeah. and with, with not thinking about what I'm going to write about. So for me, a lot of the time, it's like I, when I go to LA, I tend to write a lot. But when I'm back home, I've been trying not to write as much because it's it's the time for me to just be open and receptive yeah. to collecting ideas and collect and like just going through experiences to then potentially write about them later. So for me I need to leave that open space in my life to go through stuff. Was it always ob not obvious but do you feel like that's a trait of your character that's always been about knowing? Because I think what's amazing about that is it's essentially you're saying is you're you know what your threshold is in terms of allowance. Like you know, like you can you need to allow yourself that breathing room. Yeah, um, I think I learned that on like my first trip to LA because in about three weeks, three weeks into writing, I was burnt out, and I, it's yeah. because I'd been in the studio every single one of those days, and. After like you write for like three weeks and you don't live anything at all, because I'm very introverted. Like I'm not gonna go to a party after I yeah. I'm in the studio. You know what I mean? So I just like I'd run out of things to write about because I wasn't living. Yeah. And especially in LA, I feel like I put this pressure on myself just because everyone is so busy and doing stuff. I feel like I need to be productive every day. 
But sometimes the most productive thing is to not write. It is. And just like live so that the next day you can go in and write about it. Yeah, that's very true. Well, okay, that's for finding the time to chat with you. Hey, thank you so much. It's so nice meeting you. Yeah.